Welcome to Feeling Asian, a podcast where two Asians talk about their feelings. I'm Youngmi Mayer. And I'm Brian Park. And we're going to do our Patreon shout outs real quick and get them over with because we have an excellent guest this week and I'm so excited. <laughs> to talk to her. Yes. So if you guys like our podcast, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. Young me and I offer different subscription tiers with different exclusive benefits, but at the very least, any subscription amount will get you a shout out on this podcast where we guess who you are based on your name alone. And young me, are you ready for our first <laughs> Patreon shout out? Uh, yes. <laughs> All right. So our first shout out goes to, and I want to apologize in advance because I am probably going, I'm probably mispronouncing this name. It is John Pilani. <laughs> <laughs> it is Pilani Rec. Pilani R-E-Q. Rec. <laughs> yeah. And it's P-P-I apostrophe I-L-A-N-I. So P-I-L-A-N-I Rec. Um, I'm going to guess that Pilani Rec is, she resides in Hawaii because the name sounds Hawaiian. Nice. And she is of an incredible surfer where she is the one who intimidates everyone at the local surfing spot. And everyone's like, oh shit, Pilani's here. She's going to kick my ass if I steal her wave. Like don't. Don't, 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 don't fuck her. Don't mess with her, newbie. That's the vibe uh, I'm getting. I'm getting a totally different vibe. I'm getting nerd <laughs> vibes. Nerd vibes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like nerd and also ride or die best friend. Like you're going to get messed up. You're hiding your drugs from your parents. She's never going to tell, even though she mm. looks like a nerd. I prefer that. So let's go with that. <laughs> Pilani, let us know if either of us are in the ballpark and thank you for your donation. Now, our second shout out for this episode is a special one because it is a birthday shout out from Ooh. Madoka O for her friend Kayla Han and her birthday is on March 21st. Aries queen, Kayla Han. Well, we know all about Aries, don't we, Brian? Aries Park. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just going to guess uh, that she, she has like your personality. So she's always yelling at her podcast co-host. And <laughs> she's always angry. Just like hangrily eating a granola bar. Uh, I'm going to disagree with you because <laughs> Kayla Han uh, is likely a woman. And yeah. I don't think it's an Aries thing. Maybe me just yelling at you and angry, hangrily eating is a is just a byproduct of being a a man. That's just that's just the Brian Park thing. That's not, yeah. It's just being a man and less a, to do with as being an Aries. <laughs> Kayla Han, she's probably the most compassionate, understanding, and just a great friend. And we have evidence of this because her friend is giving. Her special birthday shout out for the but pod. What if, wait, what was her new friend's name? Madoka O. Madoka. What if Madoka is also a fire sign? It's kind of like you and, their and friendship me, you know? is And their friendship is based at, entirely on other. yelling at each other. <laughs> and then afterward being like, I'm sorry, I was really hungry. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that's like us, you know? There's no in between. It's either one of those two. <laughs> but in any case, Kayla... Happy birthday, and thank you for supporting the podcast. Now, our last shout-out goes to Erica Choi. Erica Choi? I am seeing, I'm seeing, like, an exercise person. Mm. Like, I feel like that's the psychic vibe I'm picking up. Like a uh, fitness instructor? Not instructor. I, th I, think, I think they're just, like, really into it. Crossfit-y vibes, you know? Mm. Those, like, shakes the morning i don't know what they're <laughs> 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 so a whole avocado in there i don't know that's what I'm, that's the vibe i'm getting very I'm getting fitness. uh like she she's excels and she's the ideal daughter that most asian mothers want i'm getting a erica Choi went to harvard for undergrad and is in harvard med school right now and is at the top of the, her class and she's about to enter a dermatology re residency. 
And also, she's really good at CrossFit. <laughs> hey, they're not mutually exclusive. She's both. Exactly. I think this one, we nailed her exactly. Yeah. Uh, Erica, I'm, I'm thank you for supporting the podcast. And once again, if you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash feeling Asian. Youngmi, do you want to do us the honor of introducing our wonderful guest this week? I would love to, Brian. Um, our guest this week is an author and the co-host of the podcast, The Double Shift. You might know her as the author of Like a Mother, which is a most excellent book. Everyone, please give us your ears for Angela Garbez. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Hi. <laughs> I had to stop myself. I kept wanting to like jump in and be like, but does Erica spell her name with a K or a C? I feel like <gasps> this is a crucial, You're right. crucial oh, piece of oh, information. Oh, oh. She totally right. spells her name with a K. Oh, mm. that changes things. <laughs> that does. I, I'm leaning a little more towards what Brian is imagining with the K. But Let's go. I, yeah. I don't know. That really was just really enjoyable things. for me to sit through the patron the Patreon <laughs> shoutouts. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Some people really enjoy them. Some people hate them so much. So <laughs> Well, Angela, I'm so excited to have you here because I'm a huge fan of your book. I feel like it's like probably like I'm not joking, like the most important book on motherhood that I've read personally as oh. a mother. Wow, thank you. Yeah. And so if anyone's listening and have not heard of the book, please just like stop listening to the podcast and just go get the book right now. Um, but before we start um, talking to you, I want to ask Brian, Brian, how are you feeling? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I'm feeling right now. Usually when we record this, I there's like a feeling that is dominating my sense of being. But right now I'm I feel like I'm kind of just floating. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, I wish I had a better answer, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I'm kind of just chilling, you know, like yeah. I'm in post quarantine COVID induced quarantine now, and I'm sort of just reacclimating to daily life and reentering as society as a functioning, not contagious human. And yeah. with that, um, yeah, I'm just like sort of getting into my routine again and, uh, for better or for worse, I can feel like my brain is in monotony mode. There mm -hmm. hasn't been anything like incredibly exciting or incredibly sad that has happened to me this past week. So I'm sort of just, I'm coasting. I'm in my routine and just, yeah, I don't, I don't have a predominant feeling right now this week. <laughs> this usually happens every once in a while, but I'm kind of, I'm very much just chilling right now, young me. That's valid. I feel like that I feel like a lot of people in quarantine are just like floating by with feeling nothing. So I feel like a lot of people understand. Yeah. In the beginning of my post quarantine, I was mm -hmm. really like antsy and excited and had this like pent up sexual frustration and horniness yeah. and yeah. Yeah, that's also subsided. I'm kind of just chilling now. <laughs> Wait, did you have sex with somebody? No, but I have been, you know, I've been dating. I'm, okay. I'm, see, I'm back into my routine. I'm kind of getting back. I'm becoming a normal adult now and not like an overly horny prepubescent teenager mode. <laughs> Wait, Angela, do we believe him that he went from extremely horny to not horny without having any sex? Do we believe I mean, him? I'm, I'm <laughs> sensing that there's been release of some kind, <laughs> but that he's withholding details. Right. You know what? That's his business. So, yeah, I mean, it is. I feel yeah. like I'm reading. I'm reading into the spaces. Um, also, I think that what you're describing doesn't sound entirely unpleasant. You know, mm, no. I feel like it's one of those things that we don't get a lot of chances to just be floating and to yeah. be like, oh, it's like it's like a sort of. I don't want to say it's like chaotic neutral, but that's what it seems like a little bit is what you're describing. And I'm like, that sounds nice. You know, like, yeah, like, no, I'm not, I'm not saying like, well, it's a bad thing. You're going to yeah. go back to like that mode of like having a predominant feeling, but it seems like, like yeah. a, a calm that's born of like a trauma, but it's yeah. not bad, but that's over. <laughs> seems like, seems kind of nice. No, you know what? You know what it is? Trauma Maybe relaxation. Just, yeah. There, there hasn't been like as we described very vaguely, there hasn't been the full release. So maybe I'm just mm. in a state of blue balls right now where it's oh. like, 
I'm kind of just floating and it's not unpleasant, well, kind of unpleasant, but in the grand scheme of things, I'm still good. <laughs> my Okay, so my stance is that you've had sex and you're lying, but that's <laughs> not my business. That's your business. And, you know, sometimes your friends say things to you and you're like, that, that's not true. But, you know, you let you let them come to the truth on their own. <laughs> <laughs> All right, young me. It, I, it's just post fuck energy. OK, <laughs> you seem that's a little too relaxed, Brian. <laughs> My leg is crossed. I'm doing like the Asian dad. Like my ankle is on my knee, just full chilling in sweatpants. So funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is how I'm feeling. How are you feeling, young me? Oh my God. So I was like debating whether to be really honest I'm, after I called you a liar. Um, I honestly <laughs> am feeling so bad. Like, oh no. I, I mean, I, you know, obviously when we started talking, I feel a lot better. I've heard a lot of guests say that before where, you know, they'll come on the show and they'll be like, I was feeling horrible. But now that we're talking, it's really made me feel a lot better. But I had like the horrible like anxiety attack last night. Oh, um, shit. And like, I, it's like one of those things where you like can't do anything about it. And you're just like, I can't, I just can't do anything about it. And like, mm. it was just like, it just wouldn't stop. And I woke up and I still felt like that. It was really bad. Oh, um, it was like to the really point. Sucks. You know, like when you feel like you're like, um, I, I hate this is a weird way to say it, but like a chicken with, with its head cut off, like you're just like scrambling around and you're like, you don't know where to like focus on because you're just like, it almost feels like your brain is like needs to feel better, but it doesn't know what to do for that to happen. You're like, should I eat something? No, I don't want to look, I can't, I can't mm. eat. I don't want to eat. Should I drink water? No, I don't want to do that. Like, should I like go for a walk? And you're like, no, no, I like nothing seems like it's you know you have to do something but you like can't get yourself yeah. to do anything yeah. and so you're yeah. just sitting there like in a like in a panic and your heart's racing obviously everyone knows what the like an anxiety if you have them you know how that feels but like it's like probably the first time in my life that i can remember going to bed feeling like that and then waking up feeling like that so oh so i had oh. like a pretty panicky morning um but you know again i think just like talking to you is making me feel better i'm, I'm sorry. sorry to hear that yeah like anxiety i've I get panic attacks uh, every so often and yeah. they're deeply, deeply, deeply unpleasant experiences. I fucking hate them so much. And <sighs> yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm sure you know this, but I'm just letting you know that if you ever feel like whatever you're doing isn't enough, I'm always around and you can give me a call and, um, you know, I'm here if you want to just talk because... When I have panic attacks, I do the same thing where I'm like, I'm going to eat a snack in the fridge. I'm going to run around. I'm going to lie down and I'm going to call someone. And yeah, yeah, it none sucks. Of it, like, uh, none of it gets alleviated, I feel like. Mm. And I also, feel like you kind of yeah. have to try things though, right? Because you're like, maybe it'll work, right? Like, yeah. otherwise yeah. you're just sort of sitting there, sitting there spinning out. Like, but I think trying to ground yourself is like just the, even that attempt to feel like you can yeah. keep trying is is important. Like, I think you're totally right, Angela, but I feel like I think this is relatable when you're in those states and, you know, like I've had like depressive states too. It, the hardest thing about it is like when you're experiencing it, it's like almost like you can't do anything. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you mm. know that, you know that, yeah, going for a walk, you're going to feel better or drinking water, or eating food or going like to doing a sprint. Like Brian said, you like, you know that that's going to help, but it's like doing it is like yeah. impossible feeling. Mm. Yeah. Um, which is like the hard part, you know, of those things. But I, I think I, I was trying to think of like why I was feeling this way. And I feel like I have been under a lot of stress, but like my reaction to being stressed out is to just like swallow it and just sort of push through, you know? And then at one point I'm like, oh my God, you know, I'll wake up and I'll just be like, I can't move, you know? And also I really debated I mean, to the, it's to the point where I debated saying this on the podcast. I was like, I don't want to worry Brian or Angela. I don't want to like take up space with that. But it's like, you know, Brian and I talk about this all the time. It's just like, that's the whole point of the podcast in a way, you know, to make it feel like it is okay to do that. So, <sighs> sorry. I feel like I can't breathe. <laughs> <laughs> 
this is not to like minimize what you're feeling like right like of course we like care we're like it's it's concerning but it's also like it's a very um this seems like a very appropriate reaction to life right now. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. I don't, I don't really want to know anyone who's okay. Right. Like I don't yeah. wish for people to be in like mental oh, health well, distress. Fuck me. I'm chilling <laughs> and I'm going to just coyly allude to how I just fucked. I just, <laughs> I just, I just, just really, go away. <laughs> how dare you um, be okay. I don't know. I mean, I think it's really more like this is just part of our, um, I mean, I hate, I fucking hate this phrase, but I'm going to say it. Sorry. Like this is our new normal, Mm -hmm. which is that like, you know, like anxiety is a daily part of life, right? Like, yes, this seems to me really, um, I think there are more people who are feeling what you're feeling, not exactly. And maybe not to the extreme, but I just yeah, think yeah. this is like, or worse, we need, to, we need to be talking about this as like the whole yeah, country yeah. is probably in a mental health crisis. Like you people know, also, are not okay. Yeah. And how oh, could oh, we be? Yeah. How could, yeah, you're right. I feel like, sorry, that, that makes me feel better. But I was thinking about this actually before this happened to me. Yes. Last night, but I was on, I was on two separate dates with two separate people. Um, during the quarantine where we had sex and during like during the time that we are like in bed they had like anxiety attacks or like a panic attack where I had to like I had to like talk them through it oh wow like two separate times and I was like but I was like oh yeah this is totally normal because we're in a fucking pandemic of course this guy's fucking (laughs) spiraling this one guy was like, I haven't, haven't been outside in months. <laughs> he was like, I was like the first person he said, then we had like really intense sex. And he was like, ah. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like patting his head, patting his head. Wow. <laughs> sorry. I was thinking about that. So you're right. It's totally the new normal. And oh. I guess with that, Angela, how are you feeling? Uh, um, <laughs> Well, I feel in the immediate, I feel like really, uh, I feel very held and safe in this space, which is very nice. Like I'm, I'm really enjoying talking to you about all of this stuff. Like I just want to go there and talk about these things. Like I want to talk about how no one is okay. Um, and so that feels really good. I mean, except for Brian, he's, he's fine, but um, (laughs) but I want to change my answer. No, no, I'm just, I hear you. We see you. Can I change Um, my answer? (laughs) In this moment, I'm feeling good because it feels right to be talking about this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Overall, I'm in a weird place where, like, I feel like the most of the pandemic has been marked for me by, like, sort of, like, just depression and anxiety and not a lot happening. Like, I haven't been able to get a lot of work done because I've been taking care of my kids and, Mm -hmm. like, overseeing virtual kindergarten, which is, like, a fucking full-time job. Um Mm. And then like things have been, so things have felt sort of like at a standstill in a lot of ways for me. Mm-hmm. But then like I, I published a piece a month ago that like kind of got a lot of traction. And then suddenly like mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm fielding a lot of requests. I'm like doing interviews. I'm like, I'm working on my book. Like I, I have an influx of work and energy in my life, even though I haven't, um, I don't have more time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, but it's not unpleasant. Like I don't feel like it feels almost like a little bit, a tiny glimpse of like what regular life was like. Right. Um, right. even though in general, like I like to chill, like I'm never trying to like, <laughs> I don't like to hustle 24 seven. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm feeling yeah. busier in a way that feels like generative and good, but is also like, whoa, like I don't want to get back on like any kind of hamster wheel. Like I don't want to be climbing some ladder. So I'm kind of like in this interesting place with that. Um, right. And then my, my youngest daughter is turning three on Sunday mm-hmm. and um, my mother just turned 74 last week. And mm-hmm. we haven't like, they live nearby, but because of like the second round of lockdown, like we haven't, I haven't hugged or kissed my mother since like October. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. But they, my parents are now fully vaccinated. Nice. And oh, amazing. We just got COVID tests yesterday morning and we're waiting on the results. And the hope is that we're all negative so that we can go and like celebrate a birthday with them this weekend. And so like the children are super excited and I'm totally excited, but I'm also really nervous because I I asked my mom and dad, I was like, well, what did they tell you about vaccination in terms of like how long you should see someone? Like, should we still wear masks? Right. And they both were like, oh, they didn't tell us anything. 
Oh, <laughs> I was like, what? what? Like, yeah. There's like no guidance. So there's this, I have this feeling of like, I'm super excited, but I have this like weird anxiety where it's like, I don't want, I, I think our risk is so minimum. And I know that there are people who are like, fuck it, just go. Right. Like, mm-hmm. but I don't like, there are no guidelines. Right. Like this is, I right. feel this, like I'm just like making it up and yeah. I don't know what the best thing is. And I right. feel this tremendous sense of responsibility where I feel like torn I'm like between these two generations of people, even though I think they're probably like, the vaccinated elders and like mm-hmm. children are probably safe. Like I'm the one who sh- I'm, I should be worried about myself more than anyone. Right. Yeah. I don't know. There's a, yeah. I guess there's a lot going on in my mind right now, but that's, that's how I'm <laughs> feeling. And that's what's going on for me. Well, <laughs> even with the vaccine, it's so scary. Cause you know, we, we've been in a state of over a year of just being like terrified, you know, yeah. terrified of meeting people and just terrified of getting sick. And now they're like, now you got the vaccine, man. Go, go be normal yeah. again. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, can we, can we really can, be normal? Are like, you sure? That's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you know that I got, I got COVID like the same time I got my first vaccine. So I was in this, the oh, damn. well, that's a mind fog. <laughs> yeah. So the, the week I got the vaccine, I was like, I'm free. And then I was like, I feel weird. I feel bad. Oh, no. And then I got, <laughs> and then I gave Brian COVID and then we were both sick. So it was, it was weird. It was like a weird, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't want to be lulled into a sense of false security, right? Although yeah, you exactly. want to be hopeful. Yeah. So right. I don't know. No, like, it is that that's such a great point because, you know, even though I am like technically cleared from my doctor and I have been seeing people and meeting my friends, um, mm. obviously like with caution, but that residual like paranoia and anxiety like doesn't yeah. go away. It almost yeah. feels like a magic trick where I'm like, Are you sure? Like because this whole past year I've been yeah. on this high alert and you're saying it's so like we can do that. It's okay. Now I have the vaccine yeah. or I have antibodies. Such a yeah, weird I don't trust feeling. this. Like, yeah. 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 Um, a- Angela, what, you said that you published the piece. Is that the New York times? That's something else. Or that, it was, was that New it? York magazine. Oh yeah. That was like really great. Yeah. Thanks. It was cool. It was like the, it was part of the cover story for New York magazine. It's, and it's all about like how, I mean, it's all about how the pandemic is just decimating the careers um, and lives of mothers and women who are like mm. dropping out yeah. of the workforce, not dropping, sorry, very clear distinction, being forced out of the workforce mm-hmm. um, because like, so jobs are being decimated in sectors that are dominated by women of color, like mm-hmm. service and hospitality. But mm-hmm. then because you're supposed to be working full time, but also caring for your children at home and also possibly overseeing school, like people are just being like, I can't do it. So it's not, a, right. it's not really a choice. Right. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a lot about that. So it's, was me like, um, I mean, it was, it's such a weird thing to say. Like, it's been great for my career. Yeah. Ironically, I've written like nothing this past year, except for this yeah. barn burner that um, yeah. is detailing my trauma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all about how like, I worry about like fading from relevance and I can't like, mm. I'm working on this book that I had to push the deadline back a year because right. it is impossible for me to imagine getting it done. And I'm mm. in a position of, you know, I'm, I'm lucky. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I'm fortunate because mm-hmm. we have my husband, like money is really tight, but we have my husband's income that we can mm-hmm. live off of. And then I get a chance to write a piece and then like that, I still am able to have my voice heard. So that's, um, that's not lost on me that that's that I'm fortunate in that way. So, right. Well, yeah. I but wanna, it hit a nerve. I, I, it hit a nerve. Cause like I said, people are not okay. And yeah. I wrote a piece about how I'm not okay. And people were like, yes, I, they're like, like it really resonated. Me neither. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, though I feel like that was a very specific story that was needed to be t- told. Um, I just want to move on to your your book, Like a Mother. Like I said, mm-hmm. it's like probably the best thing I read. You know, as a feminist and as a mom, I, I feel like what really resonated with me in the book was that, and I feel like it was a big theme in the book, you were like, these are things that all women who have a baby or all people who have a baby like think about. And it's like, because women are so rarely like own our narrative in a weird way, even mm-hmm. in 20, I don't know when the the book was written in 2018 or 19. It was written in, when did I finish it? 2017. Yeah. Right. And so then it came out even, in 2018. Yeah. Yeah. So like even in modern times, like we really don't have a say. And I, I really liked how there's a specific part where you were like, you know, when I got pregnant, um, I went online and I, I like looked for blogs and stuff like that. And even the ones that were like written by women 
were like sort of like passive aggressive and like mm. condescending like don't drink wine you dumb bitch <laughs> you stupid <laughs> like, selfish whore like it was yeah, like, like, written like that do you know what tea? i mean why would you want to take that risk? How many cups of tea have you had, you idiot? You're stupid and you should not trust yourself. Like they're all written like that. Yeah. And I like the point in your book where it's like even the ones, the communities, like the online communities are like just like these like women being like, oh, you ate a Panera? Do you know that they use Red 40, you dumb? It's just like screaming at each other. It's a lot of internalized misogyny. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, obviously that's like a big, you know, theme in the book. But I, I, I want to ask a specific question because mm. that that's the part that really interested me. Those spaces that are like by women, for women like that, who you you would think would be like a safe space for us are oftentimes like there's a lot of internalized misogyny and like they're pushing that sort of language and policing other women in that mm. way. I mean, that's obviously correct me if you don't agree with that. But um, but what I notice about those spaces, a lot of times they're run by white women. Do you know what I mean? Yes, and it's like yes. the group, the goop, you know what I mean? Effect yes. like the, the, like all the like industry in America about motherhood, about health, organic food, like, you know, like that I feel like is run a lot by like white women, like these, like, it's almost like we're supposed to like lean on them as the experts of being the ultimate woman in a way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what I'm picking up. Um, do you like, do you agree with what I'm, how I'm, seeing this at yes early, i mean and, what and listeners can't see is me that? yeah uh, listeners can't okay. see me nodding vigorously through zoom <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah i have no i don't disagree with that at all okay. um i think there's like a couple of key things like i want to point out that you said which i think is very important is that we are actively discouraged from trusting ourselves right so that's mm. like a, yes that's like a thing that i i think like at all levels like the medical establishment wants you to trust them, right? Yeah. Because they're the experts who know things. Mm -hmm. um, the truth is that female reproductive health has never been valued scientifically, culturally, financially. Um, so, you know, every expert I talked to for the book said some version of the same thing, which is that compared to what we should know, we don't know anything. So it's mm. very few healthcare providers who would actually admit, we don't really know how the placenta works, right? Or we don't really know how breast milk and immunity functions, right? So, mm -hmm. so what, what's happening though is like, it's this idea that we, and it, it's definitely, it was created by the creation of the medical field. Like mm. at the turn of the century, at the turn of the 20th century, like 50% of babies in America were, um, were birthed by midwives. And that was a very mm. much a working class women's job. It was immigrant right. women and black women. Mm. <gasps> and then we came in and created medical schools and created the field of like obstetrics. And they created laws that were like midwives are dirty. You have to be certified. Right. So like this thing that was very much the expertise and terrain of women mm -hmm. who were never formally trained. It was life experience, um, that mm. kind of expertise. It was just like taken from them. And it was right. turned into the thing that I want to point out that you mentioned that I want to go back to. This is what it's linked to is like you said, like this industry, yeah. right, of motherhood mm. and that kind of stuff. It's it became an industry, and so right. what happened is like we be, we created the medical industry, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're all like supposed to worship doctors as knowing all of this stuff. Turns out, actually, yeah. like yes, they went to school. There are some things about how a basic body functions that they know more than we do, but yeah. like right. they don't actually know that much right? like comparatively yeah. as an institution and no one's going to admit that right like so yeah. like a lot of the science that's in my book is like research that's been done in the last couple of decades by people who were often actively discouraged by mentors in their academic and medical communities to not research like pregnancy loss like that's not really that interesting right like right. like oh. breast milk not that interesting right or They're things like, like that yeah like people <laughs> kind of so like it's, it's it's systemically devalued right yeah so wow let's establish that so then what we have is like this, I think, you know, to push back against patriarchy and this sort of like cis white, um, you know, male dominated thing, you had people quote unquote, I'm using finger quotes because all birth is natural, but this idea of natural childbirth, right? Like Ina Mae Gaskin, yep. this sort of like spiritual midwifery and like holy birthing and that kind of stuff, which it is yeah. a extremely powerful thing for people. I'm not trying to diminish that. So mm -hmm. there was this reclamation of what has always been the territory of women, but basically mm -hmm. has been like colonized. There's yep. this idea of trying to reclaim that, which mm -hmm. I think is very powerful and really great and does a lot for a lot of women. Mm -hmm. 
But, but what happens in then is like, this is what, like, here we see, like, white oh, women doing what white women do. White women doing like, what white women we do. We don't, the way you have power, the way white mm-hmm. women establish power is to play by the rules of men. Yep. So then what you have are people who are like, okay, so now, like, I have people's attention and it's not like a sort of like collective power sharing. It's like, I'm an expert now. And so you end mm-hmm. up reinforcing this model that you were going against, like yep. this idea. And really, like, you have your lived experience, but like, you don't know more than anyone else. Like, nope. you don't know more than the next person. And it's great that it works for you, but I think that that's what you're talking about. Like, I think that's what we see is we've turned it into like this motherhood wellness industrial complex that was supposed to take power from men, but really all it did was like give power to white women who are fleshing like white men. And transferring Mm. it to, transferring it to white women who are deemed most important by white men who are skinny, like Mm, heteronormatively attractive looking, blonde. So it's like, okay, the next person that gets this power is now this kind of white woman. And Gwyneth Paltrow is going to tell you what to do because you're stupid and she knows everything. Do you know what I mean? Like, and it's just, yeah, and the same thing. We're just like like, standing here, like, stop fucking. And then she's like, don't drink more. Don't have more than one. You know, the chocolate bar. People who are like welcomed into that, right? And there's like definitely the language of inclusivity and like the language of empowerment. So there's a lot of people who turn to that, which, I mean, arguably it's better than what we had before. Maybe, maybe not, but it's, it's pretty insidious then. So then you get what you exactly were talking about is like, instead of being like, so if we had like, if we had a real understanding, like medically of everything that happened to like pregnant bodies and birthing bodies and, and real support, like family leave, right? Like, like the, the time to figure out how to have a baby and how to like keep a baby alive and keep yourself alive and like figure out what works for your family. If people were truly supported, we would not give a shit what other people were doing. No. We would be so much more confident in our decision-making. Instead, this is like, I mean, again, to use a phrase that I hate, but it's true. Like it's a manufactured thing, like the mommy wars, right? That yeah. policing of one another, that judgment of one another, it comes because we don't have power. And so the yep. only power that women have is like to exert power over other people yep. to make themselves mm. feel better. And it's, it's fucked, you know, like it's yeah. a real perversion of trying to, like, I try to be generous. I really think the root of this for a lot of people um, and for many people, it's like good intentions are the road to hell, right? But I think right, people are right. trying to be like, yeah. we don't have to be dependent on men. We don't have to listen to like doctors telling us what to do. We can like yeah. figure this out for ourselves, but then they don't realize that they've sort of like perverted taken in on, their head. What is it? Yeah. The Audre Lorde quote that, um, you know, the master's tools will never undo the master's house, right? That's right, like right. what's happening. Ooh, yeah. Right? And then like people also, think they're being subversive, but they're not. When I- I was pregnant and when I had a small child, it was like these women causing the most harm to me. They're like, yeah. what, what do you, what do you mean you're not going to fucking give birth in the fucking forest with some <laughs> grizzly bears, like a real, like a, like a woman, you but that, squat on this rock. But, yeah. Like, <laughs> you're you're going to you're gonna give your child and there's like, mm, 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 I'm going to kill you. Cause you're, you're harming mm. your child by, I was just like, not you bitch, bitch. I'm already getting it from everyone else. Yeah. Stop that. I mean, you know I think I mean? that there's this like, there's just this standard for like, it's all advice. We tell people what to do, right? Yeah. We don't say like what, we don't trust people to like trust their own instincts or to think that like, yeah. yes, of course, like the needs of the baby are paramount. But mm. I mean, I didn't think this was a radical idea. Like one of the first interviews I did for the book, I was like, yes, like, of course, like the baby's health, the fetus's health is really important, but it's right. never any more important than the mother's health. And the person on the mm. other end of the line was like, like oh. how dare you? <laughs> was yeah. like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> but that's like actually, you know, what we're up against. And yeah. I think that there's this real, um, when people are influencing, right, with motherhood or like directing us, it just like, because it really comes from like a privilege. Not, it's not just white. It's like financially privileged as well. Right. No, no. Yeah, um, that's a good point. When it comes from that place, like you just leave so many people out. Like, right. and you make, you leave when you're saying do this or don't do that. Most people like either can't do that or, or it doesn't work for them. And they fall into right. that like vast middle. And then they pretty much just feel terrible about themselves because you can't meet any standard. Right. You just get bullied. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, uh, the, I just want to say, um, I want to just say this really quick. What it reminds me of, this is like, it's the same exact thing. Um, but you know, like I was reading, you know, the part of your book, you have like this like direct quote from this doctor who was like, I, I mean, I'm not gonna read it, but it just says like, we can't, 
like around the same time that the medical field was like advancing really quickly. It's like a white male doctor. And he's like, well, we can't just trust women. They're stupid and emotional. So we got to take, right. take the reins here. Like there's a literal quote in your book that says that. Yeah. But I mean, like, the quote I think yeah. is, um, it's that, you know, like so oftentimes like mother's instinct is like, is, is, um, God, what is it? It's something like it's, it, people I think literally. that a mother's instinct is enough. Yeah. You know, like it's, it's not enough. Really- <laughs> I went to Harvard. It's so condescending. <laughs> but, yeah. but I want, I just want to point out really quick before we move on that this reminds me so much of like Alice Waters and like that whole movement. It was like mm. this like ladder of events. It was like the entire world of women, no matter what race you were, white, you know, person of color, Asian, whatever, we all had this like natural, we had this like way of like child rearing that we just sort of like trusted older women to help us mm-hmm. with it. And that's just been happening since forever. And then literally like, forever, for forever, millennia. yeah. <laughs> since we were amoeba. And then it's like, and then all of a sudden there's like this white guy, you know, and, and like in the food industry, like in America, you see that like with industrialized food and people being like, no, like canned food is cleaner. It's 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 cleaner. And then a bunch of people die and they're like, no, 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 it's it's better than regular food. And like, mm. you know, unorganic food is better and safer for your children. And that was all a lie. And then there was like the second like there's this like taking back of that led by a white woman, mm-hmm. Alice Waters. And everyone's like, oh, she invented organic food. And it's like. Uh, no, no, no. We, we were all, it was just, all of us were, it was just called food before. Yeah. yeah it, was food. it was food. What happened was a white man took that away from us. Yeah. And then again, a generation later, a white woman introduced it. I'm doing air quotes to us. Yeah. And then charged us 20 <laughs> times more for it. Yeah. And I feel like that, that's kind of like the same exact like arc that like the motherhood oh, wow. industry, I'm doing the air yeah. quotes, industry yeah, took as well. Like you it. know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember, yeah. I mean, I think it feeds into, I mean, I, I feel like every conversation I have now is like, so capitalism is bad, right? Capitalism? <laughs> but that's capitalism what this is. is it's like, you can't, you, yeah. first of all, it's not enough that you just took this from us, right? Yeah. And now, now you're going to, you're going to try to sell it back to us mm. because yeah. that's what capitalism needs is to just like invent a thing that you need right? yeah, but <laughs> and sell it to you and like, and profit off of it. As opposed to, so, again, like yeah. collective knowledge, just sharing, you know, existing, like this yeah. idea of like having Owner, to get ahead or advance something. Yeah. Yeah. The it's ownership of shit. Sure. Yeah. is like yeah. so this, disgusting and it's such a white thing. And I just want to say like, there's so much harm that happens on along those levels. Because when my mom moved to the States, my sister was born in 1980 and she was like coerced into getting the shot that like dries up her breasts and giving mm. the, my sister formula mm-hmm. because the doctor at the time was being paid by formula companies to tell yep. people, mm. tell women of color who probably didn't know better, like my mom, that that was a better, like a uh, nutrient source than their breast milk. Mm-hmm. And what ha- right. ended up happening was my sister developed inc- like lifelong debilitating allergies because of her, the reaction to formula, because it just didn't like sit right with her. But like, that's a prime example. And then by the time I was born, my mom was like, oh, I figured out that was bullshit because that doctor just wanted to make money. And I was like, and there's so many millions, billions of lives that are being affected by capitalism and this idea that there's a white man that's going to tell you the answer. And then a white yes. woman telling you the answer. Do you know what I mean? Yes. This yeah. is, um, <sighs> this is also fascinating to me. And, you know, I, I, I'm not a parent nor am I a mother, but I've seen indirectly through my sister because I have a niece and a nephew and she'll describe to me how uh, she air quotes here, like how psychotic these mommy blogs are. Mm. And, um, (laughs) I guess what would you, what's your hope going forward then perhaps like things that can be done to the industry at whole to kind of undo this, these insidious power structures that exist within like this mommy industry, I guess, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I think, um, I mean, I just want to like, I want to not have to pay attention to it. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. I want to like not, I mean, I think this is an important discussion. Right. And again, like I don't fault people for, I, I think that a lot of people are really like, they want to help. Right. <laughs> like, right. I yeah. don't know. I mean, I think part of it is like to just have more, a diversity of voices, Right. And like, it's really tricky. Like, this is such a hard question because it's part of like our contemporary society is like you become like, so it's interesting. Like, you know, I am trying to accept the idea, like, 
and I think this is like a thing that's deeply internalized and especially as a person of color, we're like, I, I instinctively want to reject any idea that I'm like an expert at anything mm. or that I know something, but I need to, I actually yeah. need to like claim that better because I'm interested in like when I, I, to me, I like bring to every conversation, like I get to do this, but like, I can't like, it sounds really like kumbaya, but I'm like, I find myself in this position where I'm aware of like people who don't get to speak this way and I want to like bring everyone along in the conversation Absolutely. and I don't want, but it's hard because like you get to a place, so it's like I reject, like I can't be an, an influencer of any kind. Like I'm not trying to grow my platform like in a proactive <laughs> way. I think we need people who are just like, I think we need to like starve the industry of oxygen, right? Mm, and pay attention yeah. to like people in the not that I'm like a war hero here, but like people in the trenches or people who are really like yes. closer to the ground and who are like speaking like truth to power. It's very like community. Yeah. I want it to be more grassroots. It's the, it's the, it's yeah. the same thing that I want for our culture overall, which is like, it's hard. Like I know there's like mm. absolutely no, um, ethical consumption like in this, in, in the system that we are in. Right. Mm -hmm. But what I would like to be able to do is be like, okay, fine. Like I can't stop white women from gooping it up. Right. <laughs> and like people going to goop. <laughs> like, right? but I'm not, yeah. Goop Goopers going to goop. Right. Cool. Like, you, guys, you guys do that. But like <laughs> what? There's plenty of us here who are like speaking about this stuff. Right. And, like there's, yeah. I want to build like real community, real connection and like, and real exchange of information and knowledge. And that's like very informal. And it's, it's the kind of stuff that's like devalued. But I think that yeah. we just need to keep doing that. And that's been yes. happening, right? That's like the work of activism. And that's all this, that's like the reproductive justice movement. Like that's yeah. all the stuff that's still happening. I just want to like talk about that. You know, I mean, I love that is a, that's good. I love advice. digging into what we're digging into, but I think yeah. it's great to talk about moving forward is like, I want right. to have more meaningful conversations. Um, and, how to, and part yeah. of doing that is having the conversation that we're having now, which is like naming it and being right. like, okay. <laughs> right. And then, yeah, like, oh my God, goop, letting like, the goopers goop. Just, and let it's them okay goop. to goop it up. They're, just yeah, less, we less, to less stop universal them. gooping it up. Yeah. We you can't stop the goopers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have so and I think, many, you know, yeah. like we've got the numbers. It's just a slow, it's like movement building is really slow, you know, like it's yeah. like yeah. love is inefficient. Like, like this kind of stuff like takes time and takes like, but it feels like having this conversation feels like very real and powerful to me, you know, and I want to like share that yeah. and like let people know about these conversations and mm -hmm. these ideas that's there's, what I want to do. It's like, I don't, there's no like silver bullet. I don't think. That's really great no. advice. Just like put your attention to Angela. Don't go to goop.com. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> but I just want to touch on a few things that you said. I think that are very Asian air quotes again. Mm. Um, the thing that you said that you feel like you don't, there's no room for you to like be an expert. You like are the expert. Obviously if anyone's listening, that's read your book, they know that you're like profoundly like an expert on this subject way more than like a 28 year old like model that just had a baby and she got a book <laughs> deal because her husband you know works for Goldman Sachs and she's a billionaire mm. do you know what I mean like yeah, yeah. That's that, but that's the person that r runs all these mom blogs like how did I go back to weighing 90 pounds after you know and it's just like that's I had not a personal trainer who came five days a week she hit me <laughs> if I ate anything yeah but like you are you are the expert but I feel like for people of color because we don't look like that and there's no room for people who don't look like that we feel like oh we don't deserve this you know obviously imposter syndrome is like huge in our communities and it's like i, I just feel like just you saying that no i am the expert like that in itself is like really profound and i think it's great advice yeah i mean it's i'm working on it myself like it's a work in progress right like i know it's, cra um, it's crazy because you are you are like the expert you know, like, you say I mean, that. no, I know, but I, I want to be honest that it's like, I want to get into that yeah. place where I don't hesitate to claim that, but it's really like, it's yeah. challenging. Like, yes, there are yeah. structural things in my way and there's like the representation of motherhood does not look like me. Right? right. So I'm like making inroads into that, but it's also like, here's the truth. Like the call is coming from inside my own house. Like it yeah. is my own self doubt. It is my mm. own, um, it's like that internalized racism. It's that internalized, yeah. a lot of it is, you know, and like, <laughs> I'm working to like, I want to name that. I want to undo that, but it's like, I have yeah. to be real. Like I don't, I haven't figured out how to do it totally. Oh, it's yeah. so yeah. hard to do that. <laughs> I mean, even you are truly an expert. Like I'm just speaking from in a very low level casual sense where even on my dating profile, I, I have that I am a comedian. And so people will ask an innocuous question like, so you're funny. And I'm like, 
no, absolutely. What? That is psycho to admit that you're funny. And they're like, wait, what? Like you're, a I'm like, I'm not like what that's no, I'm not a comedian. I'm not a comedian yeah, anymore. Yeah. Can I change my answer, please? Yeah. <laughs> but you are funny and you're a great comedian, Brian. Well, it's funny because I'll say something like that too. And then the white person or like the man that I'm talking to will be like, oh, you're just an idiot. Okay, good. Like they will run with that. Do you know, do you know, like when you, I feel like a lot of women, like that's when they you talk to like men, they're them. like, <laughs> yeah, you, so you can't do that. You can't be self-deprecating. Like if Jerry Seinfeld was like, I'm not funny. We're like, ha ha ha. No, you are like, you're a man. You're allowed to be self-deprecating, but a woman does that. I'm man is like this You're is like, called yeah, a door like yeah actually it wasn't yeah. that funny what you said no there i've been in so many situations where i'm like self-deprecating to a man and they're like have you sir have you heard of jerry seinfeld and i'm like oh no you believed me you really think i suck i want to like touch on like uh one more thing before i move on okay so i, I guess like the, a lot of the shaming, you know, and like the like the gatekeeping and the blah, blah, blah. That's like coming from all these like motherhood mommy communities um, for me personally. I it's weird because before I gave birth, people were like, oh, you know, like postpartum depression is a thing. And I was like, cool. And then they're like, and I saw a lot of like women writing about it and being like, oh, I, I was really shamed into not talking about this, but it's a thing and it's real. And after I gave birth, I was like, oh, I was like, oh, why would anyone care that you're depressed or whatever? After I gave birth for me personally, I just felt like it's such a thing because my personal story is that after I gave birth, I didn't feel a lot of love for my baby. I was like, oh, what? Like, I had no idea how to feel. And, you know, you hear all these women be like, oh, you fall in love immediately because right. of You're these hormones. You immediately fall in love. Yeah, that's a and really dangerous like, narrative. I was like, I don't I don't care about this baby. It's kind of it's freaky looking. It hurts when I breastfeed. I don't I sort it's of like literally not. sucking the life out of me. Yeah. And, the, and I, I did like turn to like the blogs and a lot of the a lot of the women, a lot of the women were like, uh, uh, like didn't feel anything for the baby. Didn't feel any love until it was one or two. And I was like, oh, that's normal. Like, why don't people say that? And then also I was seeing all these women saying things like, oh, I feel like, I feel like I, I wanted to die. I wasn't happy. It wasn't beautiful ecstasy. I'm in love with this baby. I just felt like I ruined my life. This is the worst thing that's happened to me. I don't feel anything for this baby. And so many women were saying that. And I was like, oh, that this is totally a normal thing for me mm -hmm. to feel. And so in that way, I was like reading all these like, commu like community, like other women writing stuff. And I, I felt like, oh, thank God this is normal. But I mean, it is very true that like the outside narrative, you never really hear that. You don't, you don't hear that like half the women that give birth don't feel anything for their babies. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't, you don't hear like, oh, uh, and then I was like, I, I definitely have postpartum depression. So I went to my doctor and my doctor was like, everyone is super depressed for the first three months. That's yeah. the normal, like it's your body, like going through the withdrawal of your hormones. And I was like, all right, cool. That nobody told me that. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and so like, I like, anyway, but I, like, mean, that, I think that's a just a testament to what you were saying earlier, Angela, is that we need to have these like diverse voices because I'm sure the the universal goopers who are trying to proclaim that as truth are saying, no, Toxic you need to be positivity. in love. You need to yeah. love your baby. I think that that's, um, so I mean, all of it is complicated, right? Like right. when yeah. I, like, so you're talking about how you, to me, this is like the, this is why I'm saying, like, I feel like it starts from this place of really wanting to support women. Like, yeah, this is the plus side of like this sort of democratization of motherhood and like wellness and like this industry is that you do have blogs where now you're right. hearing these stories, right? And now for a mm -hmm. while it was like everyone had postpartum depression. Like you weren't a celebrity unless you had it. Like Chrissy Teigen mm. had postpartum depression, right? Or like that yeah. kind of thing. So it became, um, and so I think it's great to like have that. So there's a plus side to the conversation growing, right? Mm -hmm. But it's, again, it's that, um, where what happens then it's like a thing that, um, is to be capitalized on and like sold and kind of, you know, like 
it, that's the thing. But I, I'm glad that there's, that you were able to find those stories because probably like mm. 10, 15 years ago, it was a lot yeah. harder to do that. But yep. I think a lot of it too is this idea. Um, I want to go back to this idea of like, this is what's normal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really, um, that's like a toxic outgrowth of like our, you know, dominant conversation of motherhood mm. is that, um, or just a, you know, toxic element of our culture, which is that there's anything that's normal. Like there's not right. one way to be pregnant. You know, there's not one way to be postpartum, just as there's no one way to be a person. There's like infinite variety in that. And that's like yeah. really, um, I think that's really important to, to say that, right? Like, yes, like it's normal to, to fall in love with your baby just as it's normal. It's just as likely that you could fall in love with your baby immediately and just mm-hmm. as likely that you won't feel anything. Right. Like right, there's no, right. you're not abnormal. Right. Like yeah, for yeah, yeah. feeling yeah. a certain thing. I think right. that just like in general, the idea, the concept of normal is so, um, is such bullshit. Like in general, mm, there's yeah. no normal that's a body. Really good point. Right. Like, yep. yeah. So that's, there's something there. And I think like that's why I'm glad that there's like more stories out there because it right. diffuses, even if we don't say it this way, it diffuses the idea. It takes away credibility that there's like one experience. Yeah. Like what we need right. is to be talking about like the infinite variety of experiences. And like that right, is so right, much right. harder to package, um, so much harder to say, but yeah. that's the truth. And it's like we're just losing our capacity in many ways for like nuance in this culture. Like the idea that yeah. two opposed things could be true at the same time like that literally seems to break people's brains but like that's like what we need to be talking about yeah i was gonna say i brought that up because um the story of my mental health journey starts with me giving birth to my son because i felt like i just didn't feel like i deserved any attention Mm. you know like therapy any sort of thing like that felt really selfish to me but then Mm -hmm. I had my baby and then all of a sudden I was like I need to do this for him Mm -hmm. and somehow that made it okay in my brain to seek out therapy and you know like antidepressants and stuff like that and I just I wanted to like share that because I think that's very normal for a lot of women that they don't think that they deserve it until they have a baby and I also wanted to bring it up because you mentioned that you recently started taking antidepressants and I wanted to ask about your journey like to to get there. Yeah. Um, where do we start? So, um, (laughs) I mean, my, I have two children and like my, so I was like super aware of like postpartum depression, like Mm -hmm. perinatal depression, anxiety. And, um, after my first child, like that's not what I, that was not my experience. Like, I mean, I certainly had like days where I cried like for four hours and like had a hard time getting out of bed. (laughs) But like, again, like that's actually, that's fairly standard for a lot of people in the, in the immediate aftermath. But, um, but when I had my second child, it was very Mm -hmm. different. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's complicated for me too, because, and this is what I've been like unearthing in therapy in the last year, but it's, it's, um, it's very hard for me to separate because I gave birth to my daughter like three years ago in March. And then my book came out in May of that year. Mm -hmm. So, you know, after you have a baby, you are, I think there was, there was stuff going on for me there, but I was like so Mm -hmm. busy that I couldn't totally process it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after you have a baby, it's much more an inward domestic time. And that was not what I was able to do. Suddenly I was like doing events. I was like, Mm -hmm. like on book tour and like out back when we could like be out in the world, you know, I was like traveling a lot. And so there was a little bit of guilt about like leaving this second baby behind. And then also what happened though is really, um, I lost track. I mean, it's interesting what you said. Like, I love that it was becoming a mother that helped you prioritize your mental health. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it was like, I, it was easier for you to think about doing it for him. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and that's very, mm-hmm. um, you just like the condition of motherhood. It's, it's biological is that you have to prioritize somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I got really lost in that. Like I was prioritizing mm-hmm. my baby and my family. And then I also yeah. was prioritizing what other people thought of me. You know, Mm. like you have to, when you publish a book, this is like the sort of like, it's like the flip side of the coin of like experiencing some success and and having any kind of public life is that Mm. you like, you have to care to a certain extent what people think because you want them to buy your book and you Mm. want to like, you need to like promote yourself because like you need to make a living. Um, And I think I really kind of like got caught. I lost track of like, what does it mean to be just me? Mm. Um, right. and I really was thinking about myself in terms of other people, both my children and like the public who are just like, the fuck, I have no control over that. And like what, yeah. right. it's a real waste. Right. And I mean, I'm like feeling very tender towards that self of mine. Like I mm-hmm. was, 
but I was really unhappy. I was miserable and I was caught in this to go back to what you were talking about, young me, like that feeling of anxiety, like you're just in this loop and you, you can't Mm. stop it, you know? And I Mm -hmm. wanted so desperately to feel okay and to trust myself. And I just like, I I just, I couldn't do it. And, um, it was really like after I had, thank God I started therapy, um, before the, just before the pandemic. And I had been in therapy Mm. for like a year before that, but again, Mm -hmm. like to go back to like, um, Sorry, this is like the longest answer ever, but um, it's the same thing. Like, I'm sure that my father has undiagnosed depression and I saw that play out in my life. But like the way Asians are just to totally stereotype, they're like, so what? You're depressed. Everyone's depressed. Like we don't go to therapy, right? We're not just go and like sit around and cry about our problems. Life is hard. Right? Like That's Brian's stand-up joke. (laughs) Brian has a stand-up joke. What is it, Brian? (laughs) What your mom said? Oh, I think... It was something like, that's how the new American dream for immigrants is to have a kid go to therapy because that's like a luxury and that's how you know you've really done well. But it's like, I mean, there's there's real truth in that. No, no. But like, I just want to point out that this all like ties into what you were saying earlier about how there is no normal because Mm. this, your journey with uh, your mental health and the the timing of beginning to take antidepressants it's in conjunction with this career quote unquote success that you've obtained right and to the public like that's the dream come true yes. you're a rock star like you should be right. fucking happy and screaming for joy and um what what i notice is that for you it almost you know it, there was a lot of internal like ruminations and self reflection that uh made you come to this realization but it's almost like no it's not all like a fairy tale and it's a good ending. Like it, it it can lead to some dark thoughts. And I think it's really important that you're like voicing this because it's, there is no normal. And yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Mm. there's something too, where you hesitate, like, and I think this is true of a lot of people, you know, in this context, I love being able to think about it in terms of like my parents and being Asian, (laughs) but there's that like, who am I to complain? Who am I to say, like, I've achieved a great thing and like yeah. now I'm going to come out and be like, and, and then it made me depressed, right? Like, you really don't <laughs> feel like you're in a position, right? Like, yeah, you, yeah. like right. you achieved, like, it's a really hard thing to admit or like you don't want to be like, there's people with real problems, right? Like, there's right. that yeah. narrative too. Like, it's mm-hmm. like suffering isn't a competition, right? And like the goal is to lessen suffering for everyone and or like one of the goals I think in life is to right. try to lessen suffering overall, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But it's really like, yeah, like it took me a hard time. I, I didn't want to admit that it was hard and that, that my success like led to that. Um, yeah. one person I really admire who like, I just, it's amazing. She's amazing to me because I'm like, I don't think anyone's going to ever come for Samin Nosrat. Like, I don't think mm. like she seems like very, um, there's a lot about her to like, you know, and, um, mm. but she did an interview that where she talked about how she was like, you know, she had like her cookbook was a bestseller and then she did her Netflix series. And then she was like, yes. And then I became depressed because like, I mean, I think she had had like mental mm. health issues, but she was like, right. it's the same thing. What I was saying, it's very similar. Like I felt like she named it and I was like, yes, that's what's happening. It helped me see it. So talking about yeah. it really does help because she was like, suddenly I've spent my entire life being like, please listen to me. Please mm-hmm. see me. I am a brown yeah. woman. Like, please believe even what I'm saying. She's like, yeah. and then suddenly yeah. everyone did. And then I was like, wait a second. Why are you all looking at me? Like, what? How do <laughs> I, I handle you. this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was like, it was so real. And it was an interview she gave for like the yeah. New Yorker. And I felt so yeah. grateful to her yeah. because I was no, like, amazing. fuck, that's real. And you don't yeah. see people getting real about that very yeah. often. Um, right. and you know, or it's like, yeah, yeah, I was depressed. Right. But you don't like really dig into why. Right. And I mean, I'm so grateful because my therapist in like the fall, it was like in September, you know, was like, have you considered medication? And I had never, <gasps> ever in my life considered it. Yeah. And yeah. it was just like in the right moment. And I was like, fuck, yeah, like, let's try it. Like, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I was like, I'm glad. Like I was like snorting it in the bathroom. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm living. I don't know. I mean, I'm 43. I don't know yeah, if like yeah. three, four years ago I would have like been right. as open and I, and there's no judgment that I feel towards other people. I have like some of mm-hmm. my best friends are on medication and have been. Yeah, yeah. And I've never once thought they were weak for needing that. 
but I, I don't think I could have heard that. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the like self hate. I mean, for me, this is a self hatred thing where I'm like, I'm horrible. I'm a failure. But then I see my friends doing the same thing and I'm like, I love you. You, you, I'm glad that you're getting the help you need. (laughs) It's just like all this hatred towards just myself. I think that there's, um, I, Again, I mean, I shouldn't try to qualify anything, but I think like in Asian culture too, there's this idea of like, we're supposed to be so generous with people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. ne- but don't be generous with yourself because that's like dangerous, right? Like that's like, <laughs> that's so selfish and self-indulgent, right? And selfish. Yeah. yeah. But that's a real, that's like, there's so many, um, and they're not like narratives that I was explicitly taught. It was all mm-hmm. like, um. You just pick up on it. It's just observed, that's, right? That's like, the goop narrative, self-love. Yeah. <laughs> They have too much self-love. I'm sorry. They gotta gotta tone it down a a smudge. Tone down the self-love goop. But no, but I just want to say, because I went real real hard on these goop people. I have to say, I see a lot of their actions as like a reaction to misogyny. Like they are still women and they have to live in this heteronormative, like very like limited world where they, you know, they have to look like this and they have to do Pilates every day. And that's hard. And that's like a lot of self-hatred and a lot of like internalized misogyny that goes into that. Yeah, I, I just want to apologize. For, yeah, I no, I mean, feelings. like I actually, um, if we know to be generous, it's like I actually feel bad for them because like, I know I know it's a condescending, you, but I do too. Yeah. When you grow up I as mean, an outsider, like as we yeah, do, yeah. you're at least like there's a, you're, there's like kind of no hope of fitting in. Yeah, so, <laughs> so you're just like, it seems crazy like less of a risk to like forge yes. your own path or to yes. like, oh my god, do you so know what I mean? Totally. Like yes. getting into like some other culture. Like my parents already have no idea what the fuck I do, right? So it's sort of like let's just go hard on that. But when yeah. you are like a white, when you thin buy woman, in, like it's very yeah. limited right. what your options are. Like it's really you have sad. To like yeah, there's. I think like there's like. I mean, I think it's also like a lack of imagination on their part. But I, I do think that it's like you're just <laughs> Go given in, less. Angela. <laughs> <laughs> They're also stupid, but <laughs> some of, some of my best friends are white women, of course. But yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Um, no, but the, yeah, that's like. I think we're on the same page where we're like we know why you're doing it, so we we. Yeah understand but yeah. it is also very oppressive to us and i think as white women yeah. we should be very aware how their presence is extremely oppressive and damaging yeah. to women of color and they really need to like own up to that at this point yeah i you mean know? i wish that they would do they you know I don't, again this is like super generalizing but <laughs> yeah. i mean i just i think that they weren't they never had to like they don't have to practice yeah. the kind of self-reflection that we mm. were like born into where you're like yeah. who yeah. am i like where do i fit right yeah. so like yeah. that's like a, a lens that we see the world that's like our great gift like it's like the fucking bird sometimes but it's a great gift like of how we that's our perspective and i think there are people who've in white people in america have never had to develop that perspective and it's to their detriment yeah that's so that's so true oh my god you know, there's so many wow. things that I want to talk about, but we're running out of time. So we're going to ask you our last question. Okay. And Brian's going to ask you. <laughs> that was like, it's so, it's so like such a huge buildup. Angela, what is something that you're proud of? Oh, um, Gosh, you know, I feel I'm proud of a lot of things these days and that feels really good. I'm proud of myself for getting on antidepressants so that I can say to you that I feel proud of myself. Right. But, um, so that's like number one, but I, I'll say this, like, I don't think like, I just like, couldn't, I'm proud of myself and I'm proud of us that we show up and have a conversation like this. Right. Like to Mm -hmm. be able to like dip into the nuance and the difficulties and like to like this to me is like a conversation for like Asian people. Right. And mm-hmm. I think that, that I'm really proud of myself. Cause I also think that like three or four years ago, these are all things that I've thought, but I didn't have mm-hmm. the confidence to just like go in on it. And I yeah. still, you know, like it's, it's, I don't want to think that it's a risk to be like someone who takes up space in like a predominantly white space to be like, is this a career risk for me? You know what I mean? <laughs> right. To say this, but like, yeah. I don't care. Like I'm proud that I don't mm. care. Like I'm proud that I, yeah. I want to, I'm going to just talk about these things. And, um, yeah, that's what I'm proud of. And I share that's, that with you. I'm proud of us. <laughs> yeah, I'm so I'm also so proud of you for openly saying things like that, because it is I mean, it is a huge risk. And like, you know, I think we do this podcast and every week somebody comes on here and we, you know, like clown on white people or not always, but like sometimes. And it's like it that is a big risk in our society still. Yeah, absolutely. And 
just hearing you throughout this episode, there were so many moments that made me feel really good because I have similar self-doubts and even using this podcast as an example, I think in the early stages, young me and I were like, we're not experts at anything. We're fucking dumbasses. So take, <laughs> take everything we say with a grain of salt. Stop we don't know listening. what we're doing. Why are you listening to this? <laughs> Please just don't listen to it. <laughs> and, um, you know, like to me like you're clearly you're like incredibly successful and very influential and incredibly intelligent and to hear you express those similar self-doubts is like yeah you know what like it's a totally normal thing and we should treat ourselves with more kindness and just recognize it it's normal you don't have to like dive into it it's just there but it doesn't Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that that's that it's true and it should hold power over you Yeah. I mean, I think that there's like, name it. It's never, we're never going to stop having any kind of self-doubt. I think that's a big thing that I've realized, (laughs) right? We're never going to move totally past it. It's sort of like, I don't know, it's almost like the body falls at your feet. And instead of being like, oh my God, you just like step over and be like, I'm keeping going. Right, 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 right. I thought you were going to be like the body falls at your feet. And you're like, oh my God, this is my fault. Because that's, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's where my head goes. I know. I and I mean, meanwhile, I'm arguing for just stepping over the body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just don't want it to like totally, that doubt, like we, I don't want it to let us throw it off, throw us off our game. Right. Right. Yeah. Like yep. it's like you, you wobble a little, you waver a little and then you re-steady and then you go. Like yeah. That's, that's the place mm. that I'm trying to like live at. Let's go. Well, that's excellent <laughs> advice. Um, I knew this was going to be a great conversation and it's like far exceeded my, my dreams. Uh, this was just amazing. I knew you were going to be su- such a great guest and I'm so glad that you were here to talk to us. Um, can you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media or online? Oh yeah, totally. I have a website, AngelaGarbez.com and on Instagram, I'm Angela Garbez and there's no point in saying Twitter cause I hate it there. <laughs> it is a hell place. And uh, once again, your book is called Like a Mother. Do you have a, a place that you would prefer people purchase it? Because I know a lot of people don't like to use Amazon. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, I want to meet people where they're at. Like, I would prefer mm-hmm, it if you mm-hmm. purchased it from your local independent bookstore. But um, mm-hmm. whatever works for you. Um, just, yeah, I would appreciate the support wherever you get it from. As long as you're not going to goop.com, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Sorry. Gwyneth, <laughs> sponsor me. Gwyneth, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we love you. Please. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much this was such a pleasure such a pleasure oh, oh my god thank that was you, so Angela. great uh, Brian, we're, co- our list- oh. we're so I'm look sorry at us, Brian. I'm gonna we're so humble and Asian <laughs> I'm gonna apologize for no, speaking you go, over you, you Brian you go you first Brian where can, okay, where can our first. listeners find you yeah you guys can find me on all socials at It's Brian Park. And what about you, Young Me? Uh, YM Mayor, and my TikTok is Young Me Mayor. Uh, we have a TikTok for a Feeling Asian podcast now where we do exclusive clips. And our Instagram is Feeling Asian Podcast as, as well as the TikTok. Yeah. And if you're looking for a sound engineer uh, for your audio project, please hit up Sarah Pack on Instagram at IM underscore P-A-K-T. That's at impact. Don't forget our Patreon at patreon.com feeling Asian. Please subscribe. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.